that goes, Matt, when that live button gets When that live button comes on mm. and people start to straighten up and fly right. Mm. That's right. No, uh, I, I, before we start this show, I want to I respond to uh, Dean Cooper. <laughs> We're uh, off to a great start. That's right. Dean, the show starts when I fucking want it to. That's when it starts. It's around six. It's a loose 6 p.m. How's that? Did that five minutes just kill him or something? Like it, was too, it was too much for him. It's too much for all of them. Richard complains about it every once in a while. Oh, Richard complains? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. I knew that one huh. would rally up. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. And before we start the show tonight, uh, everybody, uh, I apologize for the technical difficulties of last week's show. Um. <clears throat> That was a clusterfuck. I I went back and, and and looked at the audio and I was like, oh dear Jesus. There's like this big long empty section, and then there's this section where Matt comes in. <laughs> we are experiencing technical difficulties. A little Easter egg for you. <laughs> Oh god. Well, I didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, should I be here? Should I not be here? I mean, I was going to try to wing it, but I didn't know what was going on if I needed to leave so you guys could come back on. No, no. It, it, it as it as it turns out, just stay in the fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then I saw the clock just keep on ticking. Keep on ticking. And it was it was so funny because like Steve, the whole time Steve was like, you know, uh, it's just uh, I, I I I do this all the time on on this. I don't understand. <laughs> oh shit! All right, let's start this fucking thing. Let me get the, everything ready. Do 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 do. Da 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 da. All right, if everybody can mute. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Steve Alcorn's a fine investigator. Oh, fuck off. Slip with your host, Chris York. I don't. I don't need porn, Chris. I have a good woman. Listen, I have a. I have a good woman. I still watch porn. Co-host Steve Alcorn. You are the top shit in Bigfootery. If you get the invitation. Oh, are you? I've gotten the invitation two years in a row now, Chris. Wow, not me. And sometimes special guest Matt Knapp. It's part grown older, you know. Maturing, maturing. Okay, George Washington. <laughs> I opted for the. Uh, is that what meth addicts say? <laughs> that make me more dignified. <laughs> Taking 
working on All Things Strange since 2013. Wait a minute. I don't know what the hell Are you doing. saying that he's pregnant? Possibly. Was he implanted by one of these teenage aliens? <laughs> Did that happen to Arnold? Uh, this di device, which comes as part of Nintendo's Quality of Life initiative, is to is going to have Quality kids running around banging their heads off bricks. <laughs> yeah. You're about to witness the strength of creep knowledge. Good evening. And welcome to Forty and Slip. This is episode eighty-nine. The Stainer Brothers. The Stainer Brothers. It's a tale. It's a, it, it, right, Matt. That's what I said. That's what I said. I said, "What? Who are these these young men you speak of? These Stainer Brothers." Are they wrestlers? No, they are not a tag team duo, Matt. In <laughs> fact, if somebody made a tag team duo called the Stainer Brothers and based it on this story, I'm pretty sure that WWE would go the fuck out of business. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, I am back from uh, the vacation to the Serpent Mound. Um, and again, yes, I do apologize for those technical difficulties last week. It was a fun trip. Had a great time. Uh, <clears throat> back to it. Oh. <clears throat> uh, before we get started, Matt. Before we get started, I, I wanted to address something, which I think you will... Um, I think I think you're going to... Uh, Support me in this decision. This 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 decision that I've made about a man, a man, a man who we created a contest for, basically. Uh, Alan Hennages. Yeah. Alan Hennages. I I don't know if that's how you fucking pronounce his name. I I really don't give a shit. Okay. Um. A man. Was hounded relentlessly. <laughs> so many people related to this show, on this show, around this show. Matt, I, I, you yourself, yes, have been uh, under the gun, as they say, in the yeah, barrel. Yeah, like seven degrees of Chris York. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere near getting to seven. <laughs> Not even close. Uh, I've, I mean, you know, where, you know, where's the video? No video from Alan. Nothing. None. And I was in too good of a fucking mood to address it last week. Nothing. And Dean, this is not Dean. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Dean. I wanted to just a Dean Cooper video. I wasn't going to fucking pick you, you prick. I told you I wasn't going to pick you. Just send in a fucking video. <laughs> God damn it. So, uh, uh, before we welcome again, who came on the show last week? Katie. Um, 
uh, Alan, I I'm pretty sure I'm just not even going to uh, acknowledge you ever again. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I just don't see the point. Uh, you know, it, uh, you, uh, you bring nothing to the table, literally. And it bothers me. And I think you'll support me in that, man. Uh, I, I do support this message. Good. So, um, you know, say whatever you want in the chat, Alan. Uh, or wherever on Facebook and, you know, I just, I don't, uh, but not in my, yeah, don't, not a, don't fucking message me. Cause if you keep doing that, I'm going to fucking just unfriend your blog. Yeah. Cause you get fucking annoying. I mean, I don't, I don't mind talking to Alan, but I, I, if it concerns the 40 and slip, which once again is not my show. <laughs> um, and I have mm. none of the decision-making power. Um, just avoid that subject. We can talk about something else. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and back on the show in her producer capacity, which, by the way, Matt, I will say it's pretty fucking good. Yeah. I gotta, get, I gotta give her props for her first week. And, and maybe it's just because the story fit, you know, what she wanted to do. Probably. <laughs> but. But uh, I got a slew of information, and her and I have been corresponding back and forth. Uh, Miss Katie Evans. <laughs> Whoa. <sighs> now, Katie, you, you dove pretty deep into this. Yes, I had a lot of fun researching it. It is uh, quite the interesting story. Two stories, really. Yes, yes. So I, as I told you, you know, I know it's your, it's your first night really being on the show. Um, if you know, if you feel comfortable, absolutely jump in. <clears throat> if I'm missing something along the way, it, you know, tap me on the shoulder, something I don't give a shit, but just let me know because <clears throat> you're awesome. pre, you're as well versed on this as I am. <clears throat> so, um, uh, I while I was on vacation and I don't have regular TV anymore uh i gave that up a long time ago I, th I haven't had regular tv in my life since god like 2007 um so you know whenever i go to a hotel or anything it's you know i'm stuck watching regular tv again so i find whatever is amusing and i had come across this 2020 episode called was it evil in eden is that right katie yes okay um so i'm laying there in fucking bed <clears throat> and it was right after the initial trip down which was long and i i'm just kind of peripherally listening to the very beginning of this this 2020 episode and i'm like a serial killer and a kid of, uh, what what like this is right up my alley like this is something i'm into so i start watching it and i am just riveted by this thing the whole way through 
<clears throat> and there's fucking Bigfoot involved, which I had stated to you before. But the whole story starts in Merced, California, which is in Northern California near uh, Yosemite. Um, and now at this time, it's in 1972, Ken Parnell, who is an already once convicted child molester, who looks like... Um, uh, da, 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 Pennywise. Like the personification of fucking Pennywise, dude. If you saw this guy on the street, and this is no shit, if you didn't tell me that he looked like what Pennywise should fucking look like, I, I, there's a fucking problem with you. Uh, but, uh, yeah. It's, it's a problem. So, if you can see the one I have highlighted right there, Matt. Yeah. That's Ken Parnell. And I can't pop it up for some reason. I can't figure out how to pop up the uh, actual picture. Um, Richard probably knows. He can probably let me know. Um, but that's the first thing I thought of. That motherfucker looks just like Pennywise. Gonna have to Google. But, um, yeah. So... He's working at, uh, oh wow, he's working at Yosemite. I think he was doing the books for them or something like that. And he's already got a record as a child molester. He, uh, he decides he, he convinces this guy that he works with, Irvin Murphy. Irvin Murphy. Irvin Murphy. It's your cousin, Irvin Murphy. <laughs> uh, to, to help him lure a kid into his vehicle. Yeah. yeah so this, <laughs> is this guy that he works with. So um, they, they this go. This has to... similar notes of another show we did. <laughs> <laughs> he. Um, he goes, he, they go into Merced, and Stephen was getting out of school, I believe. Um, and um, he, uh, he, he gets the, the guy to lure him into the car, goes to a payphone, comes back to the car, tells Stephen, young seven-year-old Stephen Stainer, that his parents don't want him anymore. <laughs> now, here's the funny thing about it. As I'm, as I'm watching this fucking documentary, like, crime story thing, he's, you know, they're saying, like, and Stephen believes this because of his family life. Now, like, this tells me, like, right off the bat, like, I don't, they don't go much into the dad except that he broke down after Stephen was abducted. But the mother was just a cold bitch, it seemed. And I could be very wrong. And I don't, you know, I don't want to say that she was for in fact, in fact, she was a cold fucking bitch. But 
it just seems to me that for him to like believe that right off the bat that's some pretty weird family life you know what i mean yeah i mean that's why i chuckled because typically it's like hey kid i got some puppies in here you know we're some candy <laughs> right, right 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 not um your parents yeah. don't want you anymore yeah your parents just don't <laughs> what? want you kid yeah so they sent you <laughs> okay you know it's funny like, what a shitty thing <laughs> it's a side note man I told you I was watching the boys with my son last night. Yes. Well, we're sitting there, and my son and I fuck with each other all the time. Like he's he's got this thing where he'll be, he'll, he'll like lean over and, he'll, hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Just to be a prick. So we're up late. We're watching the fucking show, and um, he's doing that shit. And I'm like, will you cut it out? Like I don't even fucking like you. <laughs> Two of us just started <laughs> laughing so hard. But uh yeah. So I mean, this kid obviously had some fucking really shit situations. I mean, I don't know for sure like how bad it was, but I, I mean I know a lot of kids sometimes can feel not in place in their families. Um but that that just seems kinda odd and then when you consider the what comes later <clears throat> so the first few days that he's got this kid man he's dosing him with cough syrup to keep wow. him foggy he's like you know he uh he wants to keep him compliant um, so I don't know if he was using like over the counter. I didn't look into it very much <clears throat> when it came to that because I was curious if it was like Cizerp, you know, <laughs> he was fucking doing like, uh, if he I'm was pretty like, sure, like, way ahead of would have worked for a seven year old, though. <laughs> yeah, but you never know, man. You never know. Um, and uh, so he keeps him at his place at Yosemite. And then he winds up moving him around Northern California. Now, Katie, you had sent me that one of the first places he took him to, he was like 100 feet from his grandfather's house? Um, or a couple hundred yards, I think. Um, but um, I will admit, I really couldn't, can, it wasn't a credible source. I don't right, it was on, it was on that like more than one place. Or something. But it, I mean, it's it, yeah, the way that guy moved around, though, that's I mean, even so, that's entirely possible. Um, right. But he, 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 you know, he told him your name is Dennis Parnell. You're no longer Steven Stanner. And by day, he was this guy's father. And by night, he was his molester. And, you know, one of the ways that he kept... Stephen in compliance once they you know once everything had settled down was he he gave him free reign he let him do pretty much whatever the fuck he wanted to <clears throat> so he could you know go, go out and do whatever he wanted to do like he 
and but you know it, it, it one of the things that people said that they were so surprised that he didn't leave because he he could go wherever the fuck he wanted to but you get into that whole stockholm syndrome thing <clears throat> you know where people get conditioned well, as a kid, I mean, if he believed that his parents didn't want him anymore and, like, this is his new life, it doesn't matter how shitty it is. Like, where is he going to run off to? Right. <clears throat> it was, you know, it, it it was really eye-opening listening to it. You know, this poor seven-year-old kid just getting fucking abused daily by a guy who'd already been caught by the system once. You know, and <clears throat> you know, you flash forward, mind you, he's seven when this happens. You flash forward, um, seven years, he's a 14 year old teenager, he's got a girlfriend. Um, I believe like the abuse at that point was pretty much done because he could stand his own ground with Parnell. And it wasn't happening anymore. Um, and he was, you know, he was allowed to smoke. He was allowed to, do, to smoke pot. He was allowed to drink. He was allowed to do whatever the fuck he wanted to. And come and go as he pleased. Well, it was at that point that um, Parnell... Um, decided to capture another kid. That was, and that's in 1980. And he got a, he paid a local kid to go with him and find a boy. He gets a high school kid to do this shit for him. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. He gets five year old Timothy White while he's walking home from school. And excuse me, brings him back and for two weeks Steven sees what this kid's going through and he knows what he's ahead, what's ahead for and he takes he takes the kid in March, on March 1st 1980 he takes off with Tim after Parnell goes to work and they hitchhike to Ukiah, California. And he doesn't know where to go. The kid doesn't know where, um, where his house is. So he goes to the police station. And he says when he gets there, like one of the first things he says, is he's like, I know that my first name is Steven. Which becomes the fucking name of this best-selling book. Of course. TV show. Uh, TV movie. Miniseries. I can't remember which, which it was. Um, but starring uh, uh, Parker Lewis Can't Lose. That guy. <laughs> I can't fucking remember. Parker Lewis. Parker fucking Lewis. Apparently he can. Uh, <laughs> over time. But that can you time. imagine 
like being in the brain of this Steven kid whenever like, okay, now you're older. And then he goes and gets another kid when that light bulb moment happens. <clears throat> just wait a second. Yeah. So yeah. this kid's parents didn't want him either. <laughs> yeah. And well, not, not only that, but just the abuse, man. Like he knew what that kid was in for. Yeah. And so, you know, he saved that kid's life. I, I mean, he's he, he, uh, one of the things that, um, you know, uh, Katie and I were talking about before the show was that, we're, we're, you know, the case of nature versus nurture here. Um, and I said, you know, it's it's weird, though, because sometimes bad things that happen to people change them in good ways. So it's like it's hard to make those arguments sometimes when because sometimes people who grow up in shitty environments make better of themselves. So it's it's just a weird, weird thing. Um, how, how in different ways, like in a different in different situations, somebody like Steven Stainer, who's abused for so long, just goes on to abuse. Right. You know. And if he already had this weird, creepy life that he had, obviously this there was something fucked up going on in the Stainer house. Um, and uh, Katie, you were saying that there there's uh, implications that maybe the uncle had had molested him before he was even kidnapped. Yes, uh, his brother later on was very adamant about saying that he and both of his brother had been molested by that uncle and warned their cousins to stay away from that uncle. And I don't think Steven ever talked about it, but his brother Carrie did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he goes through all of this and you, you know, he winds up coming out of this, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a celebrity. He's everywhere. He's on you know, TV. He's on newspapers. There's a fucking book. He's everywhere. And then he goes back to school. And they fucking tease him because he was fucking abused by a guy. Because kids suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all know we were kids once. Kids suck. <clears throat> and, you know, uh, so he, he, here's this kid that's back. Well, then you have Carrie Stainer. Now, Carrie Stainer, who's his older brother, um, kind of a, an odd kid, um, was a cartoonist, really talented cartoonist, by the way, man. Um, if you ask me, like he could have done some really cool cartoons, um, had he not done what he wound up doing. <clears throat> um, while Steven's coming home and there's all this adulation, 
I'm watching this thing and they keep pointing out all of these, you know, pictures and photos and video where there's all this adulation, Steven's home, all these people are happy. And then in the background, you see Carrie. And Carrie's just stone faced. Like, you know, just. It's so weird. Now, I don't know if that's an effect thing. <clears throat> but it does seem appropriate when you go down the road. So Stephen winds up um, getting out of high school and getting married eventually. He gets a bunch of money from like the book deals. Not a bunch of money, but you know, a chunk of money from the book deals and the friggin' movie. Uh, I think he even had a bit part. Yeah, he had a bit part in the um, <clears throat> the TV movie there. I think my name, my first name is Steven, starring Parker Lewis. Um, and uh, he blew all that on, like, drugs and shit. Uh, but then he wound up getting married and having a kid. Um, and anything, you know, anything you, you talk to about it, that it, anybody talks to his wife, you know, she says it, it's miraculous how open he was about everything. You know, this is who I am. You know, this is what I went through. And how good of a person he was despite all that. <clears throat> um, and then uh, was at the age of like 24, 25, um, he's driving a motorcycle and gets fucking hit by a truck or a car or something and dies. What a shit life. And one of the pallbearers at his funeral mat, uh, little uh, Tim, age 14, saves this little boy, dies in his mid-20s. Gone. What the fuck? Like now, now he's now now before all of that, he's got to testify against this guy that fucking, you know, that had him. Right. He he. This guy winds up getting out again. How? Later on, and doing the same thing and getting caught again. Yeah, he was in jail less time than what he had Stephen in captivity. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be really easy to be a criminal. <laughs> yeah. Well, th well, here's the thing, and this is this is fucking a this is a blanket thing. I hate blanket statements, but this is a, a fucking blanket thing. And in the past, they treated fucking molestation like it was nothing. Like it was fucking nothing. Like, oh, it's just like he patted you on the shoulder, but he had two fingers in my pussy. I, it's okay. It's fucking amazing to me what was allowed and what was overlooked. And and this seeing like how these these sentences and this bullshit, it just fucking solidifies it for me. It's it's fucking crazy. 
you know, and I, 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 and this is just fucking part of the story. And now you know. (laughs) Be a great tease. And next week, now everybody fucking just look it up. Um, So now you have Carrie Stanner. Who is, uh, well, not not good, Matt. <laughs> As Katie was talking about earlier, abused by his uncle, uh, winds up living with that uncle. Huh? <laughs> um, there's suspicion that I, I guess Katie was saying that he may have killed that uncle. Um, and in fact, that may have been his first murder. I tend to think that was his, that was his, excuse me, his second trigger. Oh, as they say, or one of his triggers, um, that made him become what he was. Um, but he winds up, uh, Working at the Cedar Lake, yeah. <laughs> he winds up working at the Cedar Lake Sorry. Lodge. No, that's quite all right. I'm listening to the story. Wait, we're just fucking giving you shit. Uh, <laughs> he's he winds up going to work at the Cedar Lake Lodge. Is it? I can't fucking remember the names of all these yes. things. Yes, the Cedar Lake Lodge. Now, Carrie, uh, by the way, Matt is a nudist. Um, likes walking around with his dong out. Um, <laughs> I'm so confused at this point. Much like um, the Sweetwater legend, <laughs> Steve Alcorn. Uh, likes to drag his behind. He him. likes to display. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, for the record, uh, sorry I didn't tell everybody right where Steve is. Uh, Steve is currently somewhere over the Midwest of the United States. <laughs> I don't know where. But that's where he is. And that's not on this fucking show. <laughs> no, he's uh he's going to Las Vegas. And um I told them him that uh he need, with the uh current uh locust problem or whatever the fuck they got going on over there <laughs> that, that he should fucking stand outside of the Luxor and say Pharaoh let my people go a grasshopper problem in the desert <laughs> I told him if he starts seeing a bunch of toads fucking run fucking the, all the firstborn in Las Vegas get killed yeah <laughs> but yeah, so uh we wish him a good time uh in Las Vegas. Um <clears throat> so yes, Carrie Stainer is a nudist. Uh one of the women that talked about him said, you know, she's she was like, you know, he had no tan lines. Sexually uh, abused. <clears throat> nudist. Nudist. Um uh Wore hats a lot because he was pulling his hair out. Um, uh, and he becomes a maintenance man at the Cedar Lake Lodge. Now, what you should know is that he spent a lot of time up at Yosemite. 
Now, here's the funny part. He winds up going going to and being a a a a part of this area, Yosemite, where the whole thing with his brother started. And <clears throat> he's working up there. Uh, wasn't he part of like a nudist group up there, Katie? That he hung yeah, up. Yeah, but I think it was it it wasn't all that close to where he worked. It was a little ways away, but he went there often. <clears throat> yeah. And um, he used to go up into Yosemite and get fucking stoned and he had a Bigfoot encounter that he would oh, talk to people about incessantly. Now, of course, the crazy nudist guy <laughs> is the one that had the Bigfoot encounter. Well, well, you know, here's the thing, Matt. Um, I don't like to judge anybody's story. Um, unless they go like really crazy. Um, I don't, I don't like to judge too much. Even Carrie Stainer. Um, and um, uh, Katie had found his state and like his story, uh, and it was a relative of his that um, so it's second hand, but um, said that he would like to add as a member, uh, as a family member to Carrie Stainer. As long as I can remember, Carrie was out running and climbing mountains. I remember when he first told me and my brother of what he had seen. He would go very blank in the face as if he was being very serious or like somebody was watching him. He would tell us about the smell the creature had and that it was a lot bigger than him. We were very young, but we knew he wasn't playing a joke on us. I remember when I went up, when I went to Camp Green Meadows in the sixth grade, he told me to stay close to all the teachers and no matter what, don't go out at night. He never really seemed the same to me after he saw Bigfoot. So to me, maybe that's what drove him mad. You never know. Um, okay. But I don't know his exact... Is it, was there any more on that, Katie? Uh, not too many specifics. His cousin, the female cousin... This relative that wrote that was a male. Didn't he say um, he saw it on the road? He was in it like his... Uh, he had some type of expedition or some fucking vehicle. I don't fucking know. I, and I, I don't remember too many specifics. Yeah. I have to go back. And I, and the funny thing is I've, I've watched and gone through this stuff a million times uh, at this point. Like, not a million times, but uh, so many times. And I... I you know, I can't believe I can't remember um, <clears throat> what the fucking vehicle was <clears throat> or how the the sighting, how they described the sighting went. Um, but, you know, he saw this thing and he wanted to tell people about it all the time. Like he was constantly trying to relay this to people after it happened. Um, and then he starts, you know, having these thoughts about killing women. You know, he's up working at the Cedar Lodge and he started uh he was he was going out with the girl and she had kids, right? Yes. 
And initially, Matt, he was going to kill them. <clears throat> but I can't what? remember. Yeah, initially he was going to kill them. So he had been hanging out with this family, basically, and, you know, dating the mom, and he was going to kill him. That was his plan. And then something happens. I can't remember exactly what happened. And I don't remember why he changed his mind, but he did say that that was his original first intended target. Yes. And he in they they actually interviewed had they had the only person they had on this uh, 2020 was the girl, the young the daughter. And she was like, I can't, you know, I just, I can't believe it. She was like, he was a big teddy bear. Which you almost always hear about these guys. Is that nobody knows. At all. And so he, he sees that there's this, uh, these three girls, uh, a mom, uh, daughter and the daughter's friend who is from another country uh, that's like an exchange student or something. Um, so it's uh, Carol's son, her teenage daughter, daughter Julie's son, and her friend Silvina Peloso. I think she's from Argentina. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, and. <clears throat> She came to stay one night in February of 1999. And that night, he talked his way into the room saying that he needed to get in there because there was a leak in the room upstairs. And at first, Carol said no. She was like, no. You know, the girls and I were already in our pajamas. No, there's nothing here. And, you know, he insisted. And she finally let him in. And, you know, he had said he was going to move him to another room. And he needed to go into the bathroom to check on the leak. And he goes in and he pulls out his gun and turns around. And I think he murders Carol like he moves them around, but murders Carol like right off the bat. And, and but then winds up putting Julie or I can't remember if it's Julie or Sylvina in the bathroom because Sylvina fought. She fought like sh like fucking crazy, and Julie was more. Um, uh, she just went with it. Uh, she was probably more in shock that you know her mother had been killed. Um, but then he tells her, you know, he sexually assaults both girls. Um, tells Julie. Uh, that they're going to go for a ride and that she just needs to obey him and um, 
he puts the other two in the trunk and drives off. And he drives off out into the fucking willy wax. <clears throat> um, it gets really dicey. He torches the fucking car. I, I've watched this fucking documentary twice. Maybe you can you can clarify this one for me, Katie. I can't remember where Dooley's body gets found. Um, somewhere in the woods, leaning up against a tree. Yeah. Um, because he kept her alive a little longer than the other two. Mm -hmm. And he went back a couple days after to torch the car. Oh, did he? Because I, yes, I know, I know he a, walked a day or two in between. I know because he walked. I know that he walked back into town and got a taxi and got <clears throat> yes, and ditched Julie's wallet in town. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Basically, like, I mean, and he basically left no evidence. Like, very little evidence in this crime. Um, and they were just, like, baffled because at first, like, they didn't know, like, no, there was nothing reported. Like, there's no one to report them missing, like, right off. I think the father, wasn't it the father that did, like, a... Yeah, Julie's husband was supposed to meet her somewhere. Right. And when she didn't show, he did eventually get worried and um, called and started alarming the. Yeah, and and oh, just the the dude watching this thing and watching this poor man break down. You know, just it it, it was very heart wrenching to watch him just cry. Because he didn't know what else to do. Like it just fucking washed over him. And it, it you know, because they didn't find Julie's body at first when they found the vehicle. He was hopeful that she was still alive. And of course, she was already dead at that point. But this poor man thinks, you know, he's, he's hopeful. And it's just like, what the fuck? So, uh, Carrie, you know, goes back to the Cedar Lake Lodge and, uh, in July, July 21st of 1999, he sees, uh, Joey Armstrong and she's a 26 year old. She's a naturalist. I don't know what that means. They have a naturalist. Does that mean she's one of those chicks that like grew her leg hair? No. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm down with that. But. I mean, maybe she was, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, but she's at Yosemite and she was teaching kids about nature in the park. And he when he saw her he just something went off and uh you know he wound up killing her as well um and she did struggle with him um but uh eventually he um 
you know, they, they, I think they found her a lot quicker when, than they did the other three after she was killed. Yes, I think that broke very quickly. Yeah. Because uh, I'm trying to read through the, the article now. Um, and um, <clears throat> they wound up because his vehicle had been seen in that area. They, you know, they wound up talking to him up at the nudist colony. They caught up with it. And one of the, the detectives, one of the, well, one of the FBI agents, um, wound up, you know, driving with him in, the ve in a vehicle. And they kind of bonded over a movie, man. And that movie was Billy Jack. <laughs> Did you just make that up? <laughs> no. No, he did not. <laughs> they bonded over I mean, Jack, Matt. You're, you're telling me a lot of crazy shit here. <laughs> so it makes sense, but at the same time, it's like, come on. Yeah, Matt, I saw a green screen tattoo on an arm today. I, I've seen almost everything. And a post about bedazzling your butthole. I, where do we go from there? Where the fuck do we go? <laughs> but yes, they bond over this movie, Billy Jack. And I believe he also talked to the FBI agent about his, his Bigfoot sighting. And um, he basically says to the FBI agent, I, I can break this case basically like wide open for you. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> he basically just like gives it all up. It's unbelievable. They, uh, the, um, you know, they bond over this thing, these things, and then he gives it all up like he just wants to. When you listen to the audio, and I can send you this 2020 too. Because uh, Katie found it. When you listen to this audio of this guy telling everything that he did, you're just like, "Wow, it's it's so forthcoming," and and it's in the way that he talks about, you know, uh, how. But but I want you to know she was very compliant. You know, she she. It's like. Uh, With death? Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you killed her, dude. It, it just—he's his demeanor is very strange, and um, uh, it—it it was just so. I thought it was strange, though. With how forthcoming he was, he did keep insisting that he did not torture Julie. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that ended up being not true at all. But he always insisted that I didn't torture her. I didn't torture her. Huh. That I didn't that I didn't catch. Hmm. Yes. But yeah. He was forthcoming about all the gruesome details, but not that. Wow. But yeah. So Matt, you start out with a 
a seven-year-old who um, gets abducted by basically an evil man. Yeah. I, I hate to put good and evil labels on things, but... Um, and becomes a hero after years of abuse. Dies. Almost, Tragically. Almost... Robbed of life. Yeah. Just uh, way too soon after he gets his life back. All of which is experienced by his older brother. Right. Who probably grew up in a very strange home. And goes on to murder four women. In a v- just a very... Ugh, it's just disgusting. It, it that, I mean to be a victim himself. Yeah. So like he he witnessed the tragedy of his younger brother. Uh, if his claims were honest, he too was a victim. And then he starts killing women. Yeah. Like, yeah, (laughs) this is one of those times where it's like, you know, we've talked about this before, like the uh, interest in, you know, serial killers, not, you know, just people who commit these heinous acts, not understanding how they can do it. And this is one of those cases where I just can't understand why this guy would flip that switch, you know? Yeah. Unless it, maybe it was, he, you know, uh, something about being in control or something where he hadn't growing up. I mean, I don't know. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I was, I, dude, I was riveted to the TV. Like I haven't been in a, a while with, you know, something like that, like a, a a 2020 or like a dateline or something like along those lines. You know what I mean? It, it just I it's been a while since one of them has caught me like that. And it, it was very engrossing is every step of that story. It's like, what the fuck? How how did this go from here to there? You know, what fucking bizarro world did we step into? Right. <clears throat> so, and it, it, it's a sad story. Um, it's a horrifying story. And it just it, it just makes you question, you know. <clears throat> Is there fucking is it good? I mean, the fact that he like went and got a job at Yosemite and spent time in the same area that you know that happened to his brother—that's weird. Yeah, like most people would have like, I'm never going to that. His story ends. His story ends where his brothers began. (laughs) It's crazy. It's 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 just 
I, 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 it took me on a fucking ride. I'll tell you that. I bought the ticket and I took the fucking ride. There's, there's few things lately that catch my attention and, and draw me in in that way where I intentionally go down these roads and keep looking at it. And this was one of them. And what was the other little boy's name? Tim? Timmy? Tim White? Timothy White? Yes. The second child that was kidnapped? Yes. Well, let's just bring it full circle and add to the story then. (laughs) (laughs) And that agent that Carrie confessed to was Timothy White. (laughs) I mean, that's the only thing you could add to the story, you know? Um, I believe Timothy actually died already at the actually, age of 35. Yes, he died fairly young, too. Yeah. Jeez. Yes. Yeah. It's tragic all around. You know, it's, it's weird, dude. Because, you know, you and I, we look at each other and we go, we're in our 40s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that clock's just a ticking. But I'm, I, dude, you, you and, and we, like you said, we have talked about this many times. Is this serial killer thing? Is, am I fascinated for the wrong reasons? Like you ask yourself those questions. Am I fascinated about this for the wrong reasons? But I always go back to no, because it's, I, I can't understand it. And I don't want to understand it so that I can do it. I want to understand why it is that those people can because I don't have it in me. Not to just do it to do it. Like if somebody was being, you know, hurt or I'd protect someone, that'd be a different story. But, you know, like one of my kids or something. But to just go out and kill people. Yeah. And like going. I mean, it's not just the act of killing. It's being so shut off that uh, a young woman, you know, a child can sit there and plead, crying, begging you not to do this, and it doesn't affect you, and you still do it. Yeah. You can torture a person while they're doing that. And they don't see him as people. They don't see anyone as people. That's the weird thing, usually, with with them. They don't. A lot of them just don't have any empathy. It is so odd to me when I look at it as an outsider looking in. But then you always have that thing where you go, man, am I going to stare into the abyss too long? (laughs) <laughs> you know mm, I don't think so <laughs> it's like that whole fucking Cthulhu thing man am I eventually just gonna go fucking crazy am I just gonna pop off <laughs> I don't know you, you have acts of rage and things like that you have you know psychotics um, but sometimes there seems to be such a separation of comprehension that it's almost like there is something evil at play 
Like these people are not actually people, but something different. Well, see, here's the thing. So I watch a lot of serial killer stuff. Uh, Mind Hunter. Um, I've watched a, st- a lot of stuff about the uh, the profilers. Um, uh, and like documentaries and the such. Um, and the thing that you have to remember is that these, these people didn't start that way all the time. Like there are people that are born and they have these tendencies, but like the people that can be, that can wind up being serial killers can usually also wind up being just very successful people in society. They just have no empathy. It's so it's 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 weird. Like they 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 have to start somewhere. And what what is it? You know, and usually it's trouble in the home. And it, I hate this. It almost always stems back to the mother. You know, Friday the Thirteenth, and fucking, <laughs> and and Psycho, were not far off, motherfucker. Now Jeffrey Dahmer's mom was crazy as shit. You know, it, it goes back to the moms. You know, so moms, you know, fucking keep that shit together. <laughs> Hold it down. You know, I mean, if you don't want serial killers, keep that shit together. You know, I know guys also, you know, the, the fathers do have an impact. But from what I can tell in the things that I've noticed, it's, it's a lot of it is tied back to the mothers. And it's it's, you know, these, it's these sad child childhoods that these these guys have. You know, you look at Ed Gein, you know, just a, a completely overbearing mother. You know, when she was gone, what did he do? Holy fuck. Yeah. He had a fucking woman dressed out in the fucking barn like a deer. I mean, it, you I, you have to look at these, these, these monsters that you want to look at like monsters as people. Because they are, and there's a story to how they got where they are. And I'm not saying that we should sit around and be like, oh, you know, let's just, you know, kumbaya, (laughs) fucking happy, happy, fucking joy, joy, you know, that uh, what some would call liberal sensibility about the whole thing. I'm just saying that we need to look at them as people. I think that's an important part of the whole equation. Because yes, they are in a way monsters. In the in that their actions are monstrous and horrific. But they are also people. And we should understand the people. It's and it's scary understanding them too. I mean, like, you know that. <clears throat> Looking down that fucking black hole. The fuck you up. But, you know, I just keep 
keep freaking. I just keep, keep staring down it. I just keep getting <laughs> fucking dragged into it by my, by you know, my own curiosity. You know, they say curiosity killed the fucking cat, man. And it might fucking, it might do that for me. So I don't know. It's, it, I, I don't know if it's a weird fascination. Um, I'm willing to fully admit that it could be, and and uh, I, I'd be willing to accept that, like that maybe I'm too over interested in serial killers. No, I mean it, it's I'm not Jonathan Davis deep. The the books and the documentaries and the TV shows are all out there for a reason because there's a huge commercial market for them. Oh fuck yeah! I mean, everybody I know. Not literally, but <laughs> figuratively speaking, is interested in serial killers. Yeah, you know, it, a lot of people are interested in like you know, especially myself, like the whole like mafia thing as well. And like my interest is similar in that because my interest is there because I can't imagine somebody living that kind of life. Like how did how do they live that way? Oh yeah, and you know a lot of those guys, you know, you, you paint houses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, how do you have like you know a lifelong friend or something? But like, eh, he might rat. Gotta kill him. Yeah. You know, this is it's a fucked up world, man. As as somebody once said, and I th- I think it's a great statement. Um. Life is hard for everybody. Being alive is a hard thing because it's very easy to end it. It's it's very, very simple to end it. So it, it, be to, to stay here. It, it's it's a, a harder thing to do. And to live is a hard thing to do because we all have shit. Everybody's got shit. But you trudge through. And, you know, I don't, I just don't, I don't know. Well, we have our emotions that, you know, dictate a lot of our actions. And whenever those emotions get extreme or fall under extreme pressure, uh, we start to act and say things that are very irrational. You know, Every guy has been there. (laughs) I'm sure every woman has been there as well. You know, whether it's, you know, during a relationship or whatever, we, we've, we've gotten angry and said horrible things to somebody that, you know, any other time we wouldn't say and don't mean, but, you know, at that moment we're, we're so buzzed emotionally that like, that's all it's just impulse. Right. And uh, there are people out there that live in that zone yeah. day to day. It's just where they exist. And that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't know what i don't know what the answer is how to how to fix it i don't know if there is an answer 
too. Well, then, like you also, you know, you touched on this earlier. Uh, these monsters can also just sit there and live normal lives in society without anybody ever knowing until they get exposed somehow. Yeah. I mean, they, that they, they're very good at being chameleons. That guy that sat there as a murderer and exposed himself and, you know, gave up all the goods was talking about a Billy Jack movie, you know, like that yeah. was his connection or whatever. But like you could be sitting next to a stranger somewhere having a conversation about a Billy Jack movie, <laughs> you know, and uh, have no idea that they've just killed a family of people. Yeah. And and like I said, most of these when you when you when you talk to most people who interacted with these serial killers, they'll say he seemed like such a normal guy. And by the way, mostly guys. Very yeah. rare do you find a woman serial killer. Very, very fucking rare. Which may mean they just get away with it. (laughs) (laughs) It couldn't. Could. Um, uh, With men, there's always, almost always a sexual component. Not always, but almost always. With women, of course, there there isn't. But it's, except with uh, what we'll... uh, uh, What was her name? That redheaded chick. No, Eileen Warnos. Yes, yeah. her. Um, and the only reason that it was sexual with her was because she was a prostitute. Um, but it, it's the the they're very they're very very interesting studies, interesting people to look at, and uh, it's it's just a, it's a rabbit hole. It's a fucking rabbit hole. And it is that abyss, dude. It's that abyss that you fucking stare into. And you stare into it. And you just go, what the fuck? Especially when you start looking at real cases. Like real people. People that really existed. (laughs) Albert Fish was a fucking guy. A real guy. (laughs) He ate children. That shit happened. Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer had a guy escape and get onto the street. And the cops were there. And he convinced the cops to let the guy come back in the apartment with him. The guy was all fucked up because of what Dahmer had done to him. These fucking people are fascinating. And it's also weird because like you're talking about, you know, the lack of empathy, uh, which is strange uh, for humans. But as far as we know, as far as we can tell, like uh, I would say it's safe to say that most animals (laughs) lack empathy, but you don't have like, a lot of cases of animals that just go around killing everything. Yeah, it, it, it's very rare that you find. Um, 
I know with like lions, lions don't generally kill for sport. There was that uh, the Ghost in the Darkness movie. Right. That's that's based on a, a true story. Um. Uh, uh, there wolves will do it. Wolves will kill for sport. You know, and I'm all about nature. I'm all about you know everything being natural and everything having its fucking place. But can we stop with the fucking wolves, people? Yes, they 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 look like dogs, but they're not. <laughs> they are not dogs. They they, they they'll fucking kill you. <laughs> they they're dangerous. They have their place, um, and it's not with us. <laughs> I'm very, very fucking scared about the koi wolf. That's the one that scares me. Because the koi wolf, that fucking thing. <laughs> it's not afraid of people. Well, that's the thing. You know, all these like uh, predators that we've eradicated or uh, killed out until they're no longer a threat. Like, what happens when nature fills that niche again? Because, yeah. like, it could very easily happen. And, like, the koi wolf is a prime example. Like, Yeah. And and wolves will kill for spore, and koi wolves could also kill for spore. And, they, and they're... <clears throat> the thing about koi wolves is they're very good at blending in, even when they're in urban environments. And, and these fucking things start... Start fucking running around in packs, and they're gonna start fucking people up. And I think it's gonna be a problem. So that shit scares me. <sighs> but yeah, there are creatures that will kill for sport, which is odd, very odd. And then you got human beings, Matt. <laughs> the most dangerous game. <laughs> we also kill for sport. <laughs> you know, and and you know, speaking of which, um, you know, will people get off this whole fucking people who like to go hunt in other countries and kill fucking shit? Uh, for the record, like a lot of those people that do that, they do that because that helps the economy in those countries um and that money goes to uh conservation like the people that live there they do that shit the, the, and the, this is not being done in a bad way like but everybody's like oh i killed this poor creature like usually like a lot of times like these old rhinoceroses and shit they like fucking will bully the shit out of fucking everything they're just a menace so they fucking people pay exorbitant fucking amounts of money to go over and shoot a fucking thing and it helps a bunch of people out so chill the fuck out christ on a fucking pony <clears throat> they act like it's the end of fucking everything god damn it matt counterpoint I don't have one. <laughs> I cannot counter that point. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, so uh, I, I watched Airplane with my son. 
because <laughs> why wouldn't you? Jaw just drop open. Like, <laughs> he allowed this? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, he's like, I think the the biggest thing that I took away from it was like, he's like, really? Are there that many? of this line is, are they gonna do that line this many times in this movie yes <laughs> <laughs> like he, but he did he did find it funny which i which was enjoyable for me um so uh but yeah i i, I don't think he thoroughly enjoyed it but i think it he got a chuckle out of it you know it was better at the by the end of it he was like okay, all right all right, you know it was okay, but God, you remember when the first time you saw airplane? Oh yeah, you laughed your fucking ass off. Oh yeah, it hurt. It hurt. Well, we just watched uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, the original one, uh, last night, and I sat there laughing at it the whole time. <laughs> like it's still a funny movie to me. Oh. Some of them will still get me, and there's some of them that I uh, that I can't. It's just, it's like, oh, really? Did I laugh at that? Did I really? <laughs> Why did I laugh at that? <laughs> you just hate yourself in that moment. You just want to crawl into a corner and be like, you piece of shit. <laughs> But yeah, well, like the old TV shows. Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 speaking of which, Matt, thank you for this segue. Guess what I found on Amazon Prime? Uh, Magnum PI, the original, yes, not that garbage remake <laughs> every season. Thomas Magnum. I've already started from the beginning. Wow. <laughs> now listen, listen. I uh, I consider myself to be a very, very heterosexual man. Um, on the Kinsey scale, I'd say I'm about as close as you can get to a ten. And because of this statement and things that have been done in my past not be a 10. Um, uh, if uh, if Tom Selleck said, yeah, I, I died. <laughs> that part of not being a 10. I'd have to go. <laughs> we'll kick in. Fuck, the guy was the man. He was a presence. I am not arguing that. <laughs> Once again, I have no counterpoint. <laughs> Can you believe he was? I have to agree with you. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you would. Most women do. <laughs> but can you believe he was supposed to be fucking Indiana Jones? I know. Like, what a fucking weird. What? I didn't know that. You didn't know that? The only no. reason he did not become Indiana Jones was because of Magnum P.I. Oh, he would have been a great Indiana Jones. Fucking right. But we got Harrison Ford. It's all right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It still worked. Uh, and I, I, 
I, I, I can't let go of the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull yet. And I'm not sure if the next one is a good idea, but... <laughs> I go with no. <laughs> it's over. I'm going to fucking agree with you. Um, the other thing I wanted to get into tonight, Matt, uh, before we before we wrap this fucking show up, uh, there was a discovery this week, Matt. I'm not going to go into the full news. I, I grabbed news stories, not remembering that Steve was going to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was uh, there was there's something that was found this week by the FBI, Matt. Uh oh. Frankenstein's monster is fucking alive and well in Arizona. <laughs> what? Did you didn't hear about this? No. Oh. Uh, I get this one from the uh, New York Post, Matt. Um, oh, fucking goddamn shit that pops up. Buckets of body parts, a cooler filled with male genitalia, and a woman's head sewn onto a male torso like Frankenstein were found by FBI agents during a raid on an Arizona body donation center. What? <laughs> huh? The stomach-churning scene was discovered by FBI agents at the now-shuttered Biological Resource Center in 2014 as part of a multi-state investigation into the illegal trafficking and sale of human body parts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they were supposed to be, the, like, um... Like actual research and stuff, and they, right. were just, they were just like cutting them up and so hey, uh, They're all willy nilly with that shit, man. We're doing research. You know, if you want to go with your bodies, sewing a head on there, you know, it's penis man. Da -da -da. A bucket full of male genitalia. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a bachelorette party. Well, <laughs> I can't argue. A bucket full. <laughs> or a door of those fucking toy parties. That's a, that's a strange measurement for male genitalia. <laughs> a bucket full. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. When I saw this story break, I'm like, are you fucking serious? Really? They seriously fucking found this? Out of this fucking world. Oh. But anyway, we're going to wrap up early tonight. Uh, uh, because Matt. Somebody. Has a prior engagement. A transgendered uh, hooker. In an alleyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm bringing a bucket for all those body parts. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know that Matt is trans friendly. I am. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Katie, how'd you, how'd you feel on your fresh show? Uh, good. Uh, I was a little bit nervous, but uh, this has gone well. Yeah, you'll, once, once, you, once you get used to it, you get settled right in. It'll be fine. It'll be all good. That nervous. You know, once Steve, Steve gets back and we've got somebody to bash on, it goes. Oh, you'll, yeah, that's, you'll be perfect. <laughs> but uh, yeah, much like Steve being nervous on his flight, you were a little nervous on your first flight. 
So, um, yes. yeah, no, I think you did very well. And, um, the, uh, all the stuff that you'd send me was great. And, uh, no, you delved right into this one. And I don't know if it's just, uh, because it was something that was interesting for you, but, um, <clears throat> some of the stuff you found was just great. <clears throat> like I said, the fact well, that, uh, thank you. I had fun doing it. Yeah, it was, it was great. We, we were going back and forth about it a little bit during the week. Not like a shit ton, but we did, you'd find something, send it to me. I'd comment something back it, it, we we really went down a rabbit hole with that one so um a good story great. yeah oh so uh this has been the 40 and slip episode 89 the stainer brothers they're not a tag team wrestling uh partnership uh, could have been i don't watch fucking wrestling <laughs> i'm not in on the lingo I die. Not the Pepsi can dick drilling fucking Bubba the Love Sponge's wife thing. Like his ring action. Uh, uh, <laughs> you like the shag queen. Got it. <laughs> I'm like, where? Hit the little thumbs up button. If you don't, hit the little thumbs down button. Leave a comment. Comment, people. Comment. Uh, subscribe. Uh, check us out on Anchor. Anchor, anchor. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. There, you can subscribe through uh, the uh, Apple Podcast because iTunes is no more. Um, you can subscribe through Spotify, uh, and there's a shit ton of other ones. You can't listen to it on Stitcher. Matt, I gotta figure that out. It makes no sense. How to get on fucking Stitcher? Uh, Drives me crazy. Fill out the thing. I, I guess you're just gonna have to like. Do it yourself. The uh, the Sweetwater Legend Steve Alcorn will be back next week, hopefully, if all goes well. Uh, 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 there's a plague of grasshoppers in uh, Las Vegas, so I uh, I wish him well. I hope everything's good, and I hope he comes back uh, from that wonderful trip. I hope he has a good time because uh, I know we had talked to him, and he's never been on a plane. And I hope he has some fun while he's there because uh, I I wish him well. I had a good time with him when I was down there. I didn't stay for very long because everything was so hurried with my my trip. But um, but I had a good time hanging out with him and meeting him. Um, as always, check out Matt Knapp at YouTube.com forward slash Bigfoot Crossroads Encrypted Tales. Uh, check out our good friend. Phil Poling. He's back. Uh he got it. Did he get his monetization? He's been posting like crazy. Well, he said last night on the uh on the Squatchable that he is not monetized. Hmm. Yet he sent it in and he has not gotten it. But um yeah, he is he is throwing stuff up because because uh Richard had asked him. And he said nope. They haven't given it to me yet. So I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. Um, uh, and check. Oh, excuse me. Oh, that friggin' hard cider I drank. Ooh. Give me a little bit of gas there, man. Ooh. Uh, check out Dread Fun. 
at dreadfun.com and youtube.com forward slash dreadfun. I got to get the link for uh, Richard's uh, Bigfooting with Keith and Colin on Facebook, so I can put it up here. Uh, maybe I can get him to send it to me <clears throat> so I can add it and uh, so that I can put that up there. But go check out his comic strip, Bigfooting with Keith and Colin on Facebook. He has a group for it. He posts it all the time. He said he didn't know if he was putting anything up this week, but he's always making something. And throwing it out there. The one that get, the one that tickled me was uh, the comparison one he did with all of Fred Dunn's big feet, Bigfoot, mm-hmm. and then he did all his. <laughs> that yeah. that one made me chuckle. <laughs> so kudos to you on that one, Richard. Couldn't pick a and, winner on that one. And every and every once in a while, the gloomy psychic does make me laugh every once in a while but uh yeah go check out richard at uh on facebook bigfoot with keith and colin and we will be back next week uh not sure what road we're gonna go down from here we get the min min lights what was the other thing that i talked to you about oh, the the something in the desert the atlantis the atlantis of the desert so i will confer with our new producer, uh, Katie Evans. <laughs> and we will figure out what we're going to bring you next week on the show. Until then, see you.